Cool. So hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today um, on Ask the Minister's podcast. This is our first podcast of 2021, and we're excited to see and hear some of the questions you guys have for us. Um, so today I'm, I'm joined with uh, Trevor, the team leader at Selsden Baptist Church, and myself, Denzel Larby, Associate uh, Minister here at Selsden. And we have uh, two key questions that we want to explore today. Uh, the first question is going to be addressed to Trevor. And the question is all around church. And um, the, basically the question is, is it essential for churches to meet in this pandemic, especially during this time? Yeah, thanks, Dan. So, I mean, it's a big one, isn't it? And this is something which we will all have been reflecting on personally. I mean, we've had discussions at leadership team or our deacons meetings uh, here in Selston. And it's been quite interesting, actually, hasn't it, during this sort of third lockdown? I mean, the first lockdown, there was the blanket ban uh, and uh, worship wasn't allowed uh, in any of our churches. And I know that that's the case in Scotland, I think, uh, at, at the moment. Uh, then we sort of went through the whole churches are allowed to open and churches were seen as having sort of behaved well. But it's been really interesting during the last lockdown or the one that, that just began after Christmas, because yeah. clearly the virus is, is spreading or mutating uh, and we've got this latest strain, which which just seems to be so much more uh, in, infectious. Uh, and I've noticed, I'm sure you have as well. There's there's there's, there's been a, a kind of move towards churches self-regulating. I think that they're they're clearly, in many cases, opting now to say, well, even though we are allowed to meet, we 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 don't think we should. Yeah, I, I think that's the right move to make. And there are a couple of things. I've just been mulling over when I've, I've thought about that. Mm. Um, I, I, I guess there's a couple of issues. There's something about love for neighbour. I mean, we, we are commanded to love God, but, you know, and Jesus speaks of that as, as the greatest uh, commandment, Command. then reminds mm. us of the need to love our neighbour as ourselves. Yeah. And there's something about, you know, if, if my worship of God is putting other people at risk, uh, and it clearly would seem to be. I mean, we, we've, we've, we're recording the week that we've had the Chris, the chief medical officer in the UK tell us, really think carefully before you meet anyone. Yeah. You just have no idea what uh, chain of infection uh, transmission you, you, you could be lengthening. Uh, Absolutely. Happen. So if, if, if our worship and gathering is, is you know, uh, at a cost that could be borne by others around us and to their harm. I find that very hard to reconcile with, with Jesus' command um, to love neighbour. Yeah. The other things that I've been reflecting on as well are, are just something around solidarity. I mean, uh, not everyone listening to this may be from Selston, but you and I know, Denzel, we're a church in a high street. Yeah. We're with lots of other businesses who have had to close um, on that high street. Um, we're in a WhatsApp group with some of those business owners and they're struggling with their businesses keeping going. I, I, I find it quite challenging. What, what is that saying? If we as churches are, are agitating for our right to open and insisting that we can open when all around us are other uh, mm. people in our community who are really struggling to sustain their businesses or, or yeah. livelihoods, I sort of feel we, we're called to solidarity with them yeah as as well 
I mean, some people say um, it's not fair. We're, we're, we're being persecuted if we're not allowed to open. I find that quite offensive. Uh, and maybe the other thing which is worth saying is we're recording this also in the week when Open Doors published uh, the World Watch List again, and that list of where uh, Christians are most uh, experiencing a, a violation of the human rights because of their, their faith. And I, I guess I just want to say, if you do feel we're being um, persecuted by not being able to open, just just Google World yeah. Watchlist, uh, and that'll put your your yeah. put your mind to rest. Just a final thought. It's just theological reasons for this as well. I've been reading John's Gospel on the opening chapters of John's Gospel over the last week or two. Um, my Bible readings follow the lectionary, which, and it's, yeah. it's the lectionary gospel this year. And, you know, a couple of passages which have struck me. Um, John 2, uh, where Jesus is, is claiming the temple courts, and he uh, says to the Pharisees, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in, in three days. And there's this uh, little verbal joist that he has with the Pharisees. John tells us, gives us the commentary, that the temple he has spoken of was his body. That's quite a thought that, you know, the, the Jewish understanding would have been that the temple was where the glory of God resided. But, but to say that, no, actually, the glory resides now in, in, in Jesus. And uh, then, of course, in SBC on, on Sunday, Martin was talking to us about John 4, and he has that conversation with the Samaritan woman. She would have believed in uh, temple worship in Mount Gerizim. Uh, Jesus is a Jew. She would have expected to reform worship in Jerusalem. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Mm. Because in his arrival, there's just boundaries being broken down. And, and when we are face to face with Jesus, when we are close to him by his spirit, do we need a building? I mean, buildings are great. I don't want to say buildings are wrong. And of course, gathering with the people of God to worship God, something we all long for and miss. But I just think it's important as well. We hold on to this idea that Jesus is one who breaks down barriers and, and nothing can separate us from him. And because nothing yeah. can separate us from him, nothing can separate us from drawing near to God in, in his glory. And I just think it's important to hold on to that as well. When we worship in our homes, mm. he is drawing near. Absolutely. Jesus is, is with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was some really helpful reflections that I believe we can definitely reflect on during this new lockdown that we find ourselves in. Thank yeah. you, Trevor. Absolutely. And Denzel, there was a question uh, which actually I know you've been thinking on because you've been sort of working it through with a couple of people who you journey with. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite a different topic, isn't it? But the, the question of um, how important is talking in tongues? So a bit of a hot potato, Denzel. Yes, yeah, <laughs> quite a big one. Catch it. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely been, as you, as you mentioned, I've definitely been thinking a lot about tongues over the last couple of years. I mean, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, which is very charismatic. Um, and that particular one just had different experiences of speak, speaking in tongues and um, really um, allowed me to kind of sit down and reflect. What is the, the 
biblical definition of speaking in mm -hmm. tongues. Why is tongues important biblically? Because I know sometimes we can get quite um, sidetracked by our own experiences and kind of make a doctrine around our own experiences. But I think it's important for us to think biblically about uh, these things. Um, I think the gift of tongues is, is very important because um, it's a gift that Jesus gives to edify the church. Um, I know there's a, quite a few different passages in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that give um, yeah, these particular gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to, to edify the church. Um, so I think that's why tongues is important because it's, it's given to um, edify the church. And I know there will be different Christian camps that would um, have different views about speaking in tongues. Um, I know that some people think it's just a particular known language um, that obviously we see in the book of Acts chapter two, where the tongues was first given to the apostles, where they were able to speak a known language that they've never learned before. Um, to, to people so that the gospel can be communicated. And then we see, see in particular passages in um, particularly in 1 Corinthians 1 verses 14, where um, Paul gives a kind of a structure of how tongues should be interpreted in the church in terms of tongues needs to be spoken and then interpreted. So it kind of gives a structure. And then he kind of speaks um, again in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which speaks about tongues to unbelievers. Um, so there seems to be different types of tongues all given by the Holy Spirit, but used in different ways. Um, so again, as a loan language and also as a kind of a prayer language uh, for the church as well. But I, I think the most important thing for us to understand is tongues is from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit to, to use to edify the church. It's not just for our own glorification, but is used to really benefit and edify the church in, in different ways, whether it's speaking um, a known language that you never learned before to someone in a supernatural way, um, if it's to edify the church in a particular way where someone can then communicate um, and interpret the tongue, or if it's this kind of personal prayer language and um, that we pray to God. So yeah, I, feel, I don't think we need to get too um, obsessed with it like the, the people in Corinthians were um, and, um, in a sense, overdoing it or over-spiritualizing it, but just understanding actually it is a gift from God. It's a good gift from God that is meant to be used in a correct way. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my kind of thoughts on, on speaking in tongues and, and how important it is. But, yeah. yeah, I agree, Denzel. And I can think back to experiences I had whenever I was younger, you, you know, when, when people were laying hands on me and they'd be saying, speak it out, speak it out. You, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking... Uh, I, I don't feel anything. I, I don't feel anything happening. And I remember getting very caught up uh, about yeah, this. I feel yeah. quite wounded. Yeah. And just I was on my own in my bedroom. <laughs> um, and, 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 uh, and I found myself praying in, in, in this way. And uh, it's just like anything, isn't it? I, I don't think it's healthy when we, we use it as a hierarchy and, and, and even lay guilt. You know, well, yeah. if you don't do this, you're not the real the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? And yet if there is no spirit, if there's no or if there is no move of the spirit in that way mm. experienced in the life of our church, I think that does speak of a dryness, doesn't it? Yeah, or absolutely. Something lacking. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, we, we see it particularly with the apostles and all those in, in the book of Acts, uh, especially in Acts chapter two when the Holy Spirit first came upon the, the believers, is that they they never forced it. Um, I know so many, so many people, again, as you said, your experience, so many people have this pressure to speak in tongues or feel um, it's, you know, this is how you speak in tongues or 
Um, and it wasn't forced. There was a gift that Jesus gave so freely through the Holy Spirit. Um, it was never forced. At that particular time, it was something that they weren't even particularly seeking or even praying for. It just came upon them. Um, so um, I think, yeah, we need to be really careful because I know some people have felt a bit of hurt uh, from churches who have tried to force speaking in tongues or make it seem like every single Christian uh, should be speaking in tongues. And that is a sign of the Holy Spirit. But we know that not all the gifts are distributed to every single believer. It's different Absolutely. believers because we work in this body is distributed, um, again, according to the will of the Holy Spirit. So um, I think, yeah. Because if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean you're not a super Christian or there's elite Christians that speak in tongues. But actually, Jesus gives uh, the gifts of tongues and the other gifts um, according to his will for his purpose to edify the church. Yeah. So, yeah. So helpful, Denzel. And yeah, what you say about First Corinthians 12 and 14, you've just made me think again. Like when Paul writes there, it's all about what what is it building up the body? Yeah. What about the witness to people yeah. coming in? Absolutely. And we, we've got to keep that, haven't we? Absolutely. Front and centre, really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Denzel. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, we'll definitely encourage everyone to continue to um, give that, give your questions. If you look at our website, which we, we do have a new website at the moment, um, it was very clear where you can find uh, the page to yeah, write your questions and that you want us to explore. And we'll love to yeah, sit down and, and try and give our best answers as possible. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, Denzel. Thank you.